This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Podcorn. Starting a podcast can be an overwhelming process, and once you start one, finding advertisers can be even harder. We were much better at finding a greasy spoon or like a secret burrito place. We found a site that brings the advertisers to us. Podcorn.com is a site where you can connect with sponsors, and sponsors can reach out to you. After starting with Podcorn, we found multiple companies that share our affinity for pizza and sports and fitness. Thank you, Podcorn, a sponsor with the podcasters in mind. This week on the Spivey Special Podcast, we'll be with our guest, Mike Spivey. We'll be talking about his favorite foods, Arco Arena, and the 2008 U.S. Open. Welcome to episode 22 of the Spivey Special Podcast. I don't know how we made it this long, but I'm pretty excited. And we got our first guest today, Zach. Who do we have on board with us? We have a very exciting, important person in our lives. We have Papa Spivey. Mike Spivey is here with us on the podcast. How exciting. Hey, how's it going, guys? Glad to be here. First podcast I've been on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the first podcast we've done, too. So pretty exciting. It's our first guest of many, hopefully, if people ever respond to our emails. But we're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about all our normal topics, except now we have old Michael Allen Spivey joining the crew. Yeah, we got a third Spivey. There's there's a little too many Spiveys, I think, at this point, but we're going to see how it goes. Now, Dad... We always ask each other what we did this week. What did you have on this week's docket? Well, I uh, built a playhouse for the kids. Now, was it for the kids or was it for you and mom? Actually, (laughs) it's for Weston. (laughs) It's Roseville, so I'm going to rent it for $1,600 a month. (laughs) Perfect. Finally get him out of the three rooms upstairs and put him out where the turtles live. I love it. He's probably going to need a roommate to afford that thing outside. (laughs) I know. I might get him a bell. You know, if he gets gets in trouble, he can ring it. And we'll we'll hear him from up in our room. Yeah, those coyotes might go and attack him in the playhouse but i like it no that's great um you guys ready to get get going let's do it all right we're gonna take a quick break and we will come back with food court files all right it's time for the food court files all right this week for food court files we are going to do a little q a with Papa Spivey here and ask him about some of his favorite foods. Now, this is a first for us. Usually, we're the ones talking about all the healthy foods and all that, but now we're going to add our dad's perspective (laughs) here. Zach, go ahead. Shoot dad the first question. All right. What is your favorite non-alcoholic drink? Well, I have several of them, but I would say number one, it'd have to be coffee. Full strength, Starbucks, Black coffee. Black coffee, right? Yeah. No Nothing creamer, in it. no sugar. H- high octane, whatever yeah. can jack me up and get me out of first gear. Yeah, just get that coffee. Let's get it popping and let's just get the crowd into it. <laughs> what else you got for non-alcoholic? You can have one more. We'll let you. Probably Diet Coke. Same reason. Caffeine. Is there caffeine in Diet Coke? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in college, 
I didn't drink coffee. I didn't like coffee. So when I would cram for exams where you have to stay up to one or two to get everything in, I used to drink six packs, sometimes eight Diet Cokes with the caffeine just to keep me up to cram. And Now, why Diet Coke and not regular Coke or like Dr. Pepper or Mountain Dew? Well, the calories, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the caffeine, not the calories. Exactly. All eight, right. Eight Eight of them times 160 calories. That's over a thousand calories just to keep you up. Well, I guess if at... that's your coffee replacement, you got to start looking at that stuff. Mm, right. All right. Well, now that we've done non-alcoholic drinks, Dad, hit us with your favorite alcoholic drink. Are you going to be beer, white, red wine? Which one are you going to go with? Triple IPA, please. Now, is there a certain one that you like? Is there a certain brewery or anything like that? <laughs> uh. I like them all. <laughs> that I is like, very true. I like them ha- hazy or whatever kind they are. I'm pretty sure every single time we go to a brewery, you just look and you're like, oh, what is that, 46%? <laughs> yeah, I'll try that one. What, I can't see through it? <laughs> all right, let's try that one. Yeah, he goes through the alcohol by volume content or the ABV, like a a cheap date would go through the prices at a fancy restaurant. Yeah, I'll get the $50 steak. I'll get that. Yeah, one. anything six or below, forget it. Yeah, of course, like, yeah, give me yeah. 12 of them. I'll put them in one glass, please. That's yeah, funny. All right, Dad, uh, long day at work. All right, Mom doesn't want to cook. You're going to stop at fast food on the way home for you and her. Where are you stopping and what are you getting? Well, I'd have to say normally it'd be Chick-fil-A and I'll get the uh, chicken club sandwich with fries. Oh, their waffle fries are really good there. What's your dip that you get? What's your choice? Nothing fancy, just the little ones in the package, the honey, uh, whatever they call it, honey, mustard. You get it up at the counter. You don't need the... It's nothing. It's not the fancy one. Now, I know you pretty well. I've known you since... Let's see. I was born. You're missing a pretty big fast food place that I know that you and mom love. Why aren't we stopping at Del Taco? Oh, yeah. I love Del Taco, too. (laughs) But, but, yeah, Del Taco. I love Del Taco. Well, there's probably Chick-fil-A is closer than Del Taco, probably, on your way home. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually a little healthier, too. Lower in calories. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Those fries at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah. they're, the they're, di- the, they're the diet fries. They're the Diet Coke. Oh, fast yeah. Food. Your club sandwich with mayonnaise or whatever is on it. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, too. <laughs> it's a lot, You said after a long day, I burned a lot of brain calories. <laughs> All right, so it's your birthday. You get to pick where you're going for dinner. Where are you going? Well, I'd probably say, because I'd want to invite a lot of people, probably Lucille's is pretty good because everyone likes that and there's stuff they can all order. They have fabulous barbecue food. Now, what is your order It's going to be ribs, probably two kinds of ribs. Now, what are your sides going to be? Because that's my favorite part. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Usually baked beans and... uh, I forget I forget all the other ones. Mashed potatoes, baked potato. Baked potato, probably, yeah. All right, all right. Now, I see you didn't say macaroni and cheese. Why do you hate macaroni and cheese? 
Give, Ma- us, the, give us the full rundown on this. Okay. Because you made the claim a couple of years ago that you've never had macaroni and cheese. The reason I don't like macaroni and cheese is because when I was a kid, we used to go fishing up at Big Bear Lake. After they planted all the trout, all you had to do is put a piece of Valveda cheese on a hook and throw it eight feet off the shore. You could catch a fish every time. So I've always thought Valveda cheese is macaroni and cheese and it's fish bait. And I don't eat fish bait. <laughs> Same thing with sushi. Sushi's fish bait. That that raw stuff you put on a hook and you catch a sand shark with it. <laughs> now, so do you put... When you're at a sushi restaurant, do you ask for Velveeta cheese, put it on a fishing pole, and throw it at the sushi? <laughs> no, but I always try to get chicken or something. <laughs> all right. Well, it's still your birthday. All right. We're not going to go out this time. We're going to have a home-cooked meal. You do the menu, and you let us know what we're going to make. Well, my favorite home-cooked meal is chicken, broccoli, baked potatoes, and we'd have angel food cake for the uh, birthday cake. like it. We've talked about cake a lot on this show. And Rocky Road ice cream. Oh, yeah. That's a really good one. It really soaks up. And if mom had to make brownies, we could throw a couple of those in there, too. Why not? Sometimes one dessert's just not enough. Now, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? I've had weird things, but probably frog legs would be weird. Where did you have frog legs? Frog legs, I had it. I was skiing up at Tahoe, and we went to some fancy restaurant after skiing, and this fancy restaurant had frog legs. But I only, we ordered those just because this is when we just throw down the credit card, get anything we wanted. Those are just appetizers, the frog legs. Then we'd have steak and lobster after that. I was really hoping that you said you went to a random pond and threw in some Velveeta <laughs> cheese, and that's how you got the frog legs. But all right. I thought off off the pod, you said that you also had alligator. Where did you have this alligator? Alligator would have been with my stepdad, Kelly. He used to eat all kinds of weird stuff. So that would have been at one meal that we had and that was on the menu and I probably didn't order it, but I remember trying it. He, he always ate really weird stuff. He'd try anything once. I've had alligator. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you always, you always get like the boar or anything that you're not supposed to order, but they have it on there just for you. Kangaroo, chinchilla. flying squirrel, chinchilla, whatever. <laughs> Love a good porcupine. <laughs> That's how you really get the crowd into it. Just find the cutest animal and give it to me on a stick. That's what I want. As long as it's not good for you. Yeah. If it's a healthy bunny, pass. As if there's like a vegetable squirrel, I'll pass on that one. <laughs> Now, don't say squirrel. That's dad's favorite animal. Oh, yeah. All right, squirrel dad. Squirrel pie is my favorite. Where's the fanciest place you've ever eaten? What did you get? Uh, probably uh, Morton's Steakhouse. Went there San Diego and here in Sacramento. Usually always get a steak, lobster, and the whole works. We used to take our uh, sales teams to the one here in Sacramento and get the We'd have a private room in the back with all the top producers. And I remember our bills would be like four or $5,000 when we got out of there. Because <laughs> they, they could have anything. And I was limited to 
they per person they could only have two bottles of wine each person <laughs> that was the limit it's amazing this co- this company doesn't exist anymore <laughs> yeah no yeah all right now we got a few more questions for you for food because that's our favorite subject but what's the best taco you've ever had well I'm I'm just gonna go with Jim Boy tacos. They're my favorite. Now, what's the thing about a Jim Boy's taco that really just piques your interest? I love the shell. It's nice, uh, good flavor, and it's good for you. That's what yeah, we healthy. really like. Yeah, <laughs> actually, chicken tacos have low calories. Yeah, the Parmesan cheese and grease they put on the shell. Yeah, yeah. that's real good for you. Yeah, the grease. It's healthy grease. <laughs> healthy grease. You need a little grease in your. Uh, stomach it helps yeah it slides down the yeah. gullet better yeah. i think they do that on the fourth of july when they eat the hot dogs they just dip the jim boy's taco in water and you'll be yeah. fine it's good for your teeth like charcoal on your toast right yeah uh-huh. all right now growing up with grandma Erla, you probably ate some different things but what was the one thing you remember eating growing up that you don't eat anymore as an adult well hamburger helper that was our go-to. We had that always once a week. But, yeah, I haven't had it. Mom doesn't make hamburger helper for me. Now, I know you recently <laughs> learned that it wasn't actually a vegetable, but what was the one vegetable you ate growing up? It was called cream corn. <laughs> and then I got into college, and I took a nutrition class and found out that corn's a grain. <laughs> so you were swinging and missing there. I was swinging and missing for uh, 19 years of my life. How did you make it 19 years without eating a vegetable? <laughs> I think I had salad <laughs> with Bob's blue cheese dressing. Oh, there you go. That's the healthy version <laughs> of salad. Lots of it. I need a boot with Bob's big boy <laughs> blue cheese dressing on it. I think it. you have eaten a boot with Bob's <laughs> cheese dressing on it. All right. I think that's all we've got for Food Court Files. We are going to take a quick break, and we are going to come back with Remember That Thing? Let's take a quick Capri Sun and Orange Slice break to talk about our sponsor, Podcorn. Look to the person on your left. Now look to the person on your right. Statistically, both of these people have a podcast. Here's some cool stuff about Podcorn and how they can help you grow your show. Number one, they help podcasters connect with sponsors for host-read ads, interview segments, or games, or whatever fun ideas you can come up with. Number two, you get to keep the rights to your show. Podcorn also helps make sure you are protected and compensated. Number three, sounds like popcorn, and we love popcorn. Click the link in the show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Hey, remember that thing? The moon landing. Jazz. Trapper keepers. Manners. Alf. Sunny D. Yeah, I remember those things. All right, for this week, we are talking about Arco Arena, another Sacramento favorite, another iconic stadium that is no longer with us. Yeah, no matter what, I mean, they tell me that the new one's called Golden One, but I just call them all Arco. Even when it changed the sleep train, it's just Arco to me. I always refer to it as Power Balance Pavilion. That was my favorite. You have (laughs) terrible balance, and you're not very powerful, so I'm going to say that's not right. But let's go ahead and get in. And, Dad, you were the only one of us three because uh, 
you, neither of us were born. Yes. <laughs> did you go to the original Arco Arena? Yeah, I sure did. In uh, 1986, when Reggie Theus, that he became the coach, played there. I mean, was playing there. I was up here uh, interviewing for some jobs, went to the game, and it was really nice. Now, not only that. So that was like a temporary stadium where they were building yeah, Arco because yeah, the team that, moved in 85. It was like my high school stadium. <laughs> I mean, it was very personal, but it was cool because, you know, it was really super loud. And Well, the cool thing, too, probably about it was it was new. You're in a new city. The crowd's just probably going nuts, even though I don't think we were that good. Actually, that team wasn't too bad. I, I remember like the baby blue short shorts of Reggie Theus and all those guys. I was worried that you were going to say that's what you wore to the game, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm glad it was on Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> now, also, you also, in that stadium, you also worked in that stadium. Is that true? Yeah. After they moved to the Arco Arena, that old Arco Arena became a business complex and I worked for the money store there for a couple of years. Yeah, I remember we drove by it on the way back from a Kings game and I was like, why is there so many street lights in that parking lot? And he's like, oh yeah, that, that's the old Arco. And we're like, what? Yeah. You would never know. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, that's a lot of employee parking for that one <laughs> business. <Yeah. laughs> All right. All right, dad. Now Arco Arena memory what was the favorite game that you went to because those of you that didn't know we had our family had two season tickets for almost 10 years there at the arc arena what was the favorite game you went to i'd say that it had to have been game seven kings versus the lakers I mean, we that year we were the second best team in the NBA, and we were just an inch away from beating the Lakers. I mean, game six we could have did it down in LA, and then up there took them all the way to the uh, overtime, and they had Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant, and we were it was like David against Goliath, you know. And it was we were oh, it was just awesome game. Now, we went to a lot of games, but we look back at those stats of that game you're talking about. The Kings were 2 of 20 for 3. That's ridiculous. And they still made it to overtime. How yeah. crazy. How close. <sighs> Hopefully one day the Kings get back there. Yeah, I think the fans helped kept them in that game. It was so loud. The decibel level was like a Harley-Davidson motorcycle revving their engine the whole way. And when you look down on the court, I swear you could see what the – the waves of the everyone yelling it was like you could see the air moving it was just it was just the craziest it's so so it was historic and we haven't even got close to that since then so now zach and i went to quite a few games together but zach what's your favorite memory of when we would go to games besides you dominating the whole thing of nachos and not sharing those are my nachos. You picked pizza. Um, my, I think my favorite memory is when when we well we would yell either way, but when we had the lower level tickets, which was later on once they became available, you and I would yell as loud as we could 
whenever there was a quiet moment in the game towards the bench so that they would try to bring in Gerald Wallace. You got to bring Gerald Wallace in. You know what I mean? That was the saddest thing when we lost him to, what was that, the Bobcats? Yeah, expansion draft. That and the mascot. That was one of the best mascots I think we probably ever had. Maybe the best mascot ever was the original Samson. I think the cool thing, too, about those tickets is they'd always drop, I don't know if you remember this, Dad, they'd always drop the thunder sticks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd get to bang those behind because we were behind the hoop. Yeah. That was, that was a pretty cool thing. Yeah. All right, uh, Dad, one other game that you and Mom went to and didn't let Zach and I go to, probably because you paid for the tickets, was the first game ever for LeBron James. Now tell us a little bit about that game. and just Did you know that LeBron was going to be one of the best to ever do it? Well, I'll tell you what, he dominated. When he, when he, had, the, when he had the ball... He, could, he would just come down and take one or two dribbles over half court and then jump up and do a jump shot over everybody and just swish it for three points. Or if they tried to come out on him, he'd just dribble right around and dunk them on it. I mean, he was, just so, he was just so much better than all the other guys. You could just tell he's going to be a star. I think my favorite play from that game is he has the wide open fast break dunk, but he stops and he throws the ball back to Ricky Davis, who does like the big windmill dunk. It's like an iconic play from his first game. Well, that's the cool thing about LeBron is a lot of people say he gives up the big moments, but at that age to have that much court awareness where it's your first game ever and you can go and probably do like a 980 or something and dunk it, but you're going to give it to old Baron Davis. I think that's pretty cool. No, Ricky Davis. Baron. <laughs> and, and the guy was only, what, 19 because he came out of high school. And if that was his first. I think he was 18. He was 18. That, so here's an 18-year-old guy running down like the toughest man in the history of the world. One dribble across half court, jump shot over everybody, boom. He could hit it from anywhere. Yeah, um, LeBron, he's good. Now, <laughs> what's your favorite food? I know you're not too adventurous when we would go to the Arco Arena, but what was your favorite food there, Dad and Zach? I'd just get the biggest beer I could and the biggest thing of popcorn. That was my thing. That was my go-to because I usually ate at Del Taco on the way there. Or your favorite taco ever, Jim Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I think that I would think I would always get nachos. That was my go-to, and that's like your nacho liquid cheese and chips, and then some. You get some jalapenos and the nacho cheese, and it was simple, but it was great. You put it on a hook and catch a fish. <laughs> <laughs> my thing was the old personal pizza. I think it was round table or maybe square table. table. I don't know which one it was, but also when we were upstairs, when we were up by Clappy, which we'll talk about in a minute. We're right by the old garlic fries, and we'd venture over to those. And one other thing I remember is the Diet Coke just always seemed better there. I don't know what it was. It was probably because it was like $48. <laughs> and you had to enjoy you it. better enjoy it. Every no sip. ice. No ice, dang and, it. And don't spill, a, don't spill any of it. It's a buck worth. Now, there was a lot of things that happened in Arco Arena because that – was really the only place in town for things to happen. What was your favorite non-Kings game memory there at Arco Arena? For me, it would have been, I went to a lot of different concerts and stuff, but we went 
mom and I to see Eric Clapton. And Eric Clapton is such a, I mean, he's such an expert guitar player and musician. But I mean, it was like, he shot he's the, a super, he's a superstar. He shot the sheriff, but he did not shoot the deputy. That yeah, guy. but that guy could play a guitar like nobody's business. Cocaine and Layla. Oh my gosh, that guy just hit after hit, that guy. Zach, what was your favorite? <laughs> I think it was when we went to wrestling and we got to see Sting come down from the rafters because Argo is an old school stadium that has like the actual rafters at the top where there's only a few of those left where you can do that. Now, I have a lot of different ones. We, I actually played there as a middle schooler. It was a sellout crowd. There was like 17 or 18 people there, but everyone got to sit courtside, which was pretty cool. And one thing I always remember is my best buddy, Jordan, he was a ball boy for the Sacramento Knights, kind of like he was for our basketball team in elementary school and middle school. <laughs> so I remember going to a lot of Sacramento Knights games. Zach? Tell us about Clappy and Sign Guy. <laughs> well, one of these people, Sign Guy, is like a staple of Arco Arena. If you've been to enough Kings games back in the day, he'd make these custom signs that he would sit in the top deck in the front row, and he'd put them over the plexiglass there during like timeouts and stuff. Um, now the signs, they didn't always make sense, and he would try to rhyme it or something, but he was like the worst poet in the history of the world. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty accurate. And then no. the new- And then he had, a, he had a dispute with Arco Arena, like he thought he was a staple of the stadium, and he like tried to get free tickets out of him, and then they just like didn't renew his tickets, and now we have Sign Girl, who just sits like in the same spot. It's like a spinoff. It's like boy meets world, and now what is it? Girl meets boy or whatever. Yeah. That's basically where we're sitting at. Now, we went to a lot of events there at Arco, but Dad, tell them where we parked. <laughs> we parked in one spot always. We pulled we did a pull through where all i had to do is take a sharp left and then i'm out of the parking lot and down towards the freeway so we're never in traffic now spiveys we don't move very quick but when that final buzzer blew at king's games i think dad you might be the fastest <laughs> fast walker i've ever met in my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> also another thing that we did um, as we were walking out, no matter if it was me or Zach, me and mom <laughs> or whoever went the, between the four of us is as we're walking out, it'd be so packed on the concourse. <laughs> Dad taught us to <laughs> moo like we're cattle. So just be everyone's quiet walking out and all of a sudden you hear a random moo. <laughs> That's another memory I have yeah. of the old Arco Arena. That was funny. I have another memory of us walking out. Dad and I went to the game. We did our possession math at the end of the game. We thought the Kings were going to lose. They were down like eight with 30 seconds left or something. Right. And we get in the car and turn on the radio and they cut it to two. And we're like, no, nah, they're still going to lose. And we start driving away and the game goes to overtime. Yeah. <laughs> and we were too far to come back to get right. back in. Would they even let you back in at that point? I don't know that they would, but they ended up losing in overtime, so I don't feel bad about us losing. No, that's good. Well, I remember during that time, 
there was one time we did the same thing, mom and I. It went into double overtime. We got home and watched the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing about the Spiveys, if you notice. We're really good losers. So we always stay, no matter what, to the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have on Arco Arena. Zach or Dad, do you have anything else to add? Well, we didn't talk about Clappy. Oh, yeah. Clappy. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't diss the Clappy. So there was a gentleman. We, uh, we sat upstairs. 220. I think it was 220, row K, I think 16 and 17. Something like that. Aisle seats. So there's this, uh, this mom and this son, and there's a, the son... He was clappy. He was the one of the best. He would fans, they, yeah. They'd put signs up that say "stopped" when we were on defense and all these different things. But clappy, he was a staple of yeah. Arco Arena. His name was not Clappy. <laughs> we did that because he's always Clappy. No one else referred to him as Clappy except us. Well, his and birth it's a certificate. nickname, so it lasts forever. And the last Kings game. Mom and I were watching Jer uh, Jerry Reynolds, and I had a clappy sighting. <laughs> sighting. He came right there, and I paused it. I even have it on my phone. I showed you yeah, the clappy you sighting. <laughs> you, it was like 11 o'clock at night or something. You're sending this clappy pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a true fan, clappy. Great fan. Every game they were there. Yeah, a lot of good memories in that stadium. We haven't really gone to Golden One as much as we should. I think yeah, we're still mad that the team's supposed I've to be I've only been there a couple games. I've only not. been to one. I think it's just different downtown. I mean, the good thing about Arco is just out in the middle of nowhere. You go yeah. out there, they actually had a parking lot. You don't have to go into a parking garage and all that. It's at the cross of two giant freeways, so it was easy <laughs> right. to get in and out. But we'll eventually get back there. The Kings are playing real good right now. I think they've won nine of the last... 13 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it helps if you make the playoffs and you're not always talking about, oh, I hope I'm the number eight seed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we losing five games. We to need Lakers. to get like the three or four or two seed or something like that. I think there's something you always say, though. You got to be asleep to dream, Sister Sledge. <laughs> yeah. I think we're a long way yeah. away from that. I think we're dreaming right now. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we got on Arco Arena. We're going to take a quick break and come back with Sports Jug. Sports Jug with the Spivey Brothers. Cubs are good. Get the ball to big country. Generic soccer take. All right, that's enough. I'm out of breath. All right, this week for Sports Jug, we are talking about another one of our favorite sports memories, and that is the 2008 U.S. Open, the golf one, not tennis. We don't watch tennis. Uh, and this took place at Torrey Pines in San, San Diego. Yeah. Now, this is a little less painful than the Robert Ory shot, so we're able to talk about it, and we won't be crying about it afterwards. But, Zach, Dad, you two tell me about the U.S. Open in 2008 at Torrey Pines because you both were there. Dad, what are your thoughts on the course? That course is tight. If you have a wayward drive, you're in a bunker. Uh, the rough is nasty. I mean, you have to be so strong to get the ball out of there. The weather, it's on the ocean. You think, oh, sunny San Diego. But man, when that, in the afternoon, when the breeze, I mean, we were, we'd love to have jackets. I mean, it got really cold. But I mean, that's a, that course is long, old school rough. 
The greens are all kind of elevated, so you gotta hit the green. The greens really weren't that big. And if you missed them, you got them into bunkers. I mean, it's a, it's one of the uh, tougher courses. I remember the par five coming back in, but the tee box is out over by the cliff where you're overlooking the beach. The tee box that they added for the U.S. Open is the furthest back I've ever seen a tee box. I think it added. was six fifteen. Yeah, it was par five. An insane. It was like eighty yards back from the next closest tee. They just like. There's a hill. We're going to put a new tee box there. And you had to hit it. Kerry was 260 over the Branca, or you yeah. were in the junk. So you better get your game going. Now, those of you listening, you're like, oh, what are they talking about the 2008 U.S. Open for? it? Well, we're going to get there, but this is the one that Tiger Woods limped to and eventually won after 91 holes. But just so you guys know, that's the one that we're talking about. And up until last year, could have been Tiger's last major. Yeah, that's right. This was right before the, the incident with the car crash and the all the other stuff and all the shenanigans. So I was thinking, man, I'm I'm a guy that saw the last major for Tiger Woods, and it was what eleven years, and then he finally won another major. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now another cool thing about this memory for me is this was so we went to the U.S. Open with Grammer Earl and Kelly, where I yep. did a lot. I think I went to four or five with them. Mm -hmm. This was the last one that we went with them, though. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, you were saying that they probably, they went every year, almost. I think they kept going. I just had a job. I couldn't do it anymore. I think they did. Now, Zach, we have down on our notes hang glider guys. Why don't you tell the crowd a little bit about what hang glider guys means? So there's two really weird things about this golf course that sticks out, and I'll let Dad tell us the story about the other one. One of them is overlooking, well, both of them are overlooking the cliff. The first one is that right next to one of the holes, I think it's on the front nine, you see the guys come in with their cars and their hang gliding gear, yeah. And they just get a running start and jump off this cliff over the ocean. And then they're just hang gliding around and then they land on the beach. Yeah. And they're right over the golf course. And yeah, mm-hmm. really unique. You don't see, I've never seen that at a golf course before for sure. Now your favorite part, dad, you were telling us. <laughs> there's a, there in La Jolla there, there's a little beach called Black's Beach and it's a nudie beach. <laughs> so if you want to get your binoculars and look down and giggle a little bit, you can. Grandma <laughs> Earl is probably like, why are you bringing binoculars to a golf tournament? But the only problem is there's not supermodels at the beach. <laughs> These are old people with alligator skin. You don't want to look at it. No, it's kind of like looking at Zach and a Speedo. You're going to pass on that one, yeah. but what can you do? They. Once they're about 60, they have enough guts to go nude, you know, and that's what you get. All right, so now back to the old 2008 U.S. Open here. You guys went to two practice rounds and then the first two rounds of the golf tournament. Give us a little feel of those four rounds that you guys went to. The practice rounds were really fun. Now, that's when when we would go, those are the most fun times. The players are the most relaxed. There's not as many people there. They are, they'll let you get right up close, you get autographs, but you can see how they practice too, which is, it's kind of crazy watching Tiger Woods who'll throw like a hundred golf balls in a sand trap and his caddy will come over and he'll just step on them and he'll practice like that, that kind of weird next level stuff that you don't see people do. Um, 
we got some cool autographs. I think Weston was there with us, and he was young enough where he was just getting all of them. Yeah, that was at Olympia Fields. Weston got Ken Perry's ball, yeah, autograph ball, and one. And then one thing, you know, people on TV are watching TV, and they're going, "Oh, the guy's in the rough. Oh, he took a full swing, and oh, he got it three feet by." But when we go to the U.S. Open, we watch these guys hit 20 of them out of rough that's a foot thing right in the practice area. So they practice it the, every day of their life. So to us, it's like, oh, man, how do you pull that off? But we know how he does it because they practice doing it. Well, that's the cool thing. I mean, you look at the caddies and those huge books they have. Like, well, how do they have all these books? For one, practice rounds. And for two, all the different times that caddy's been at that course, they have all the yardages, all this, all that. Did you go to the gym this morning? Yeah, you did? Okay, well, then you should hit a 7-iron instead of an 8 or something like that. Yeah. It's crazy. The, the best... One of the best uh, times there at Torrey Pines, the uh, putting green, you as a spectator can come up and watch the pros. You get pretty close. And I used to watch Tiger Woods. He would do this one hand with his right hand putting thing where he'd only use his right hand and do these putts like eight footers, like not one or two, like 50 of them and make like 49 out of them. So I'd always at U.S. Open see how they're practicing. Then I'd go home on my putting green, and I would do the same little techniques that they do, and it it helped a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's why we all. That's why I'm, we all. I'm still a ten handicap, but hey, <laughs> that's, that's why we all call you Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So the this U.S. Open 2008 is probably one of the most memorable U.S. Opens in at least my memory, but. Kind of, Zach, will you break down how this 2008 ended to get to extra time? So it's kind of a weird ending to it. Like, Tiger's in the hunt. You just assume that he's just going to run away with it. But the course was playing so hard on that Sunday. There was only a couple... Well, Tiger's knees busted. He's, like, hobbling around and can barely walk. So he should be running away with it, but now he's just trying to survive through the end of the round. He's limping away with it. Yeah. If he was a football player, they would have pulled him out of the game and wouldn't have let him play on Sunday or Monday. He'd be in the medical tent. Let's yeah, put he'd put him in the medical tent. <laughs> yeah, normally when you see a final couple groups of Rocco Mediate and Lee Westwood and Tiger Woods, you're like, I'm not even going to watch this because it's over. But Tiger's hobbling around. He's, he's barely going to make it through this thing. Rock Immediate has a pretty good stretch down the end. He finishes the group ahead. He's got a one-shot lead going into 18, which was a par 5, which we had been watching all week because that was the best hole to sit at. Now, you guys are at home at this point because <laughs> what you guys did is you sold the tickets for round 3 and 4 to pay basically for your whole trip. So you went for four days and you paid for nothing because you sold the round three and four. So we're sitting in the living room of dad's house and you guys are watching this on TV, hole 18, one stroke difference between the top three players in this tournament. Yeah. So it's Lee Westwood and Tiger in the final group. They're both on in regulation. They both have less than 20 foot birdie putts. And we're saying, what are we going to do if one of them makes it? Because at the U S open, it's not like a, we're going to play one playoff hole or, some of the majors, it's like three playoff holes. The U.S. Open's like, no, we're playing a whole nother round, and it's the next day. So Lee Westwood misses his putt first. 
Tiger comes up 13-footer, and he nails it, and the crowd goes wild. Dad, what's your reaction? Because we're holding on to the Monday tickets because yeah. you can't sell the Monday tickets because they're not worth anything unless there's a tie. Yeah, all I know is I looked around the room and I said, I got the Monday tickets. <laughs> but the problem in 2008, it was a tough time. It was like the mortgage meltdown. Nobody was making any money. So I, everyone was looking around and Chris and the other people said, I don't care about anything. Just you'll regret this if you don't go. You have the tickets. Your guys are going. So we got the earliest flight out of Sacramento. It was, I think, like 5.30. Luckily, I'd been there to the course, so I knew how to, you know, where to park and get in and all that. So we get there. I get a rental car. We get up there. I think they started around 9 o'clock. We got there and uh, it was awesome. Night we walked every hole, 19 holes. It was awesome. Now what's crazy is it it's extra holes, 18 extra holes, but then it goes to a 19th. But the way it got there was pretty crazy, Zach. So, Zach, <laughs> I'll kind of tell it. So, Rocco Media gets a one-stroke early in the match, and then we hit the turn after nine holes of these extra 18. Tiger's up three, and you're like, little flip game over. This is just done. Let's just turn it off and look somewhere else. And here comes old man Rocco just playing out of his mind. So, we're through 17 holes. And Rocco's up by one. So in eight holes, he gained four strokes on Tiger. And he is just feeling good. And then we're going into 18. Tiger's down one. This is pretty similar to how it was in round four. Tiger gets to 18. Rocco pars. All Tiger has to do is birdie. And he comes up and he birdies it. So 18 extra holes. We're already 90 holes into this tournament. We're all tied again. So now we're going to go to hole seven, par four. Dad, what happened? Oh, Rocco got, he hooked it into the bunker, got in the bunker, and didn't get a, anyway, it was all over once he got in the bunker because Tiger just probably hit a two iron, striped it right down the middle. and But that, I'm telling you, those 19 holes, like there was two groups of people there were the tiger fans and they were the old guys 40 and over that was me so all us old guys we wanted rocco it was like a rocco thing and we were all charging up like through the eighth and the ninth hole and then he kept he got three down we were all kind of depressed and we we're following him and then all of a sudden boom he wins one hole where we get more encouraged and another one and another one he goes it was just it was just it was just so much fun. Never, you'll never forget that. It was so much fun. Talk to us about what it's like being on a golf course, watching two people play golf, and there's 20,000 people there watching these two people play golf. Well, luckily, I was there for four days with you, and you and I, we walked that whole course probably two or three times. So I knew the advantage points that I could go to to see it. I mean, with 20,000 people, it's six six deep. I'm six feet, 
But, you know, a lot of the guys watching it, they're even taller than me. Well, the guy you went to, Berg, what was he, like 5'2 if he jumped? No, he said he was 5'7, but I measured him at 5'5 five, five <laughs> one time. I brought him into my office. I had a ruler up there. He didn't know. I go, put your head behind there. That's, I went, that's very surprising. Your last name should be Michael Scott, not yeah. Michael Spivey. But, okay, keep going. Uh, yeah. So you're at this you're like five six rows deep on some oh holes. yeah so i knew where to run up to like you know like the 170 mark or whatever so i'd say brian come on man next hole we'd run up ahead and we would get to be where we'd just be one or two deep because a lot of the five six deep those guys really didn't know where the little turn points were and where you could do it so the whole thing i mean we got to saw the tee shots come we got to see them hit them we knew where to run and get the advantage to watch the whole. Now of all the golf tournaments you've been to, this has to rank number one. Oh, that was, yeah, that, that 19 hole playoff. I'll never, yeah, I'll never forget that. Plus I've played Torrey Pine South a couple times. And I heard that if you played Tiger, you would have won because you birdied 17 and yeah, 18. Yeah, I birdied, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I double bogeyed every other hole, but I did birdie 17 and 18 the last time I played there. It's got to be all those one-hand practice putts like Tiger. <laughs> That's why you got there. All right, I think that's all we got for the U.S. Open. Any final thoughts? I think that's all no, I got. No, that's, I mean, that kind of wraps it up. It well, was awesome. What a memory, though. I mean... At that point, after everything that happened with Tiger, you're thinking that's the last major he's ever going to win. But again, I don't think he's human, so he comes back, wins one 11 years later. Well, we just think he's going to get knee surgery, and he's going to miss like a month or two, and then he's just going to come back and keep being Tiger. And then but he gets then... knee surgery, back surgery, girlfriend problems, all kinds of things. Waffle House girls, everything. <laughs> Good syrup. <laughs> All right, I think that's all we got. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to do a quick Ask a Spivey since we have a third Spivey with us this week, and then we're going to wrap up. Do you like the sweet taste of Mountain Dew? Do you like your vodka to be both inexpensive and flavored like melons? Then have we got a beverage for you. From the minds of the host of the wildly popular podcast that shares its name, we bring you the Spivey Special. One part Mountain Dew three to four parts Burnett's Watermelon Vodka, 100% fun. Drink one at your next party or at 3 a.m. playing Halo 3. Please enjoy responsibly. You've got questions? We've got man boobs. Directly from our listeners, we bring you Ask a Spivey. All right, we are bringing back Ask a Spivey. We're just going to do a couple quick questions just to kind of round out the show. Um... So we're going to start out with this one. Uh, we'll start with you, Dad. What was the best concert that you've been to? I know you've been to a lot of really awesome ones. I'd have to say number one would have been uh, in the late 70s at the L.A. Forum. I saw Led Zeppelin, and it was awesome. Maybe it was that was a cool band during my time, but still, when I hear those Led Zeppelin songs, the new kids they can't they can't even compete with him. I mean that when they perform, it was so dramatic. It was just oh man, it was good. It was now, really awesome. How good was Stairway to Heaven? It was just it was awesome because as a 
kid younger than that, those that's like the when you're at the dance stairway to heaven, that's like the slow song, you know, you dance with the 13, 14 year old girls and everything. So, <laughs> but that's a very long, slow dance song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but anyway, it was, uh, Led Zeppelin. I mean, I, you probably can't see them now <laughs> back in those days. No, it, I don't think they've done a concert in like 30 yeah, years in the late seventies, man. That was a prime concert. It was, Unreal. Now, Zach, what's your best concert? Well, I've only been to four, and I don't know that I've seen anyone in their prime. I'll, we'll go through all four, and I'll tell you what my favorite is. So, first concert I went to, I went with Nick Fogel and his mom. We saw Casey and the Sunshine Band in Lake Tahoe. Only Casey is the remaining band member of the whole Sunshine Band. You don't need the Sunshine Band, because that's the way I like it. Yeah. Casey looks like he ate Casey from the 70s. So you could relate. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. I had my boogie shoes going. Um, I saw um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Fantastic. Probably the best concert that I've been to. Best ba- bass player ever. All of them were still there. All of them were still live. It was before the lead singer died a few years ago. So fantastic concert. Their bass player is... I could just watch him just do things. Like go to the supermarket. It would probably be entertaining. Um, I saw Journey, but not with Steve Perry. It was with the guy that's the little Asian guy that sounds just like Steve Perry. He's good. Like like, like 1980s Steve Perry is with the guy. It's uncanny. Good concert. And then I saw Kiss at Rayleigh Field. I'm sure Dad has also seen Kiss. I don't know that they had a prime because I don't think any. 75. I don't think their music's very good, but it was super entertaining to watch other people at the Kiss concert. Now, for me, I've been to two concerts, unless you count the one that's in the Fountains. Really good 70s band there. <laughs> Had some Jack Urban Eats beforehand. Um, I saw Kobe Calais. It was a little bubbly, but, I mean, what can you do? We were in the VIP out there at the Rush Park. Got pretty wild. The other one I went to, thankfully, my best friend Jordan bought these tickets for his girlfriend, and then they broke up, I'm pretty sure. And we ended up being the DDs for his old babysitter at Gwen Stefani and Akon. So that was pretty wild. <laughs> Those are the only two I've really been to. Sarah and I know we plan on going to a lot more soon. Yeah, I don't know why we haven't been to more concerts. Like, Well, you can hear the ones that thunder from your backyard. Oh, that is true. I did, <laughs> when we first moved into our house, you can, during, um, in the summer, they have the outdoor concerts, so the sound travels pretty well. I don't know if you guys can hear it at your house. Uh, I don't think so. I think, think it so. travels more towards my house, but we were, we were outside, we just got home, and I was like, who is listening to Fiesta by R. Kelly at this level? What kind of weird party is this? And then we, we realized when we went back inside, it was actually R. Kelly playing at Thunder Valley. Wow. All right, so let's move on to the second question here for the old Ask Us Spivey. Dad, you raised three boys, but you were a little bit younger. You were 25 when you had Zach, you and Mom. She was younger than that. But 22. What was the biggest change in your life when you first had a kid? I think the biggest... Uh changes your priorities change at the time i was kind of a golfaholic i played golf worked and played golf uh, there was only a few courses you had to get down there at four in the morning to get on the list to play i played at ansel hoffman and 
once you have a kid, I mean, your priorities change. So golf wasn't such a top thing, you know, it was, it drops down. And I think you're, as you have kids, you become a father, a grandfather, whatever, everything changes where you put the family up above uh, your own things like golf and now, Zach, you and I both have young kids. What was the biggest change when you had the heart monster? I think it's the same thing. It's just re- realigning what your priorities are. Um, your weekends change. Like you said, we're not playing golf every week anymore. Somehow I'm getting better at golf when we only play three times a year, though. I don't understand how that works. I just think it's because you're in peak physical condition. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be it. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's just uh, you do things for the kids. Like you go to the fish hatchery and you go to <laughs> whatever weird things that you can go to for the kids instead of like, hey, let's go on a dude's fishing trip this weekend or whatever. I just think having a little one, it just kind of opens your eyes to like kind of like you guys said. I mean, you would basically do anything to see that little one smile or have a good time. You're doing crazy things like watching Baby Shark on replay for 60 straight minutes and enjoying it and singing it the whole way. And just you find this energy that you never thought you had. You come home from a hard day at work and you're playing peekaboo for 90 straight minutes just because you want to watch your little one laugh. And I think that's the thing about being a parent that a lot of people don't get until you actually have it. The kid is just the way they make you feel and how you want to act around them. It just kind of changes who you are and I think makes you a better person in the long run. Yeah, and you have a little person there that appreciates, you know, the weird faces that you make yourself in the mirror just to try to make yourself laugh in the morning when you're getting ready. Maybe that's just me. But you have a little person that appreciates those weird faces and funny things that you do. Or dancing in a weird way that you only do when no one else is watching. But this little person thinks it's hilarious. I don't think they're a weird face. I think that's just your face. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like about young people is they think I'm funny. Everybody else doesn't. They go, oh, God, there was a dad joke. But the little kids are just cracking up when I'm being goofy. That's very true. (laughs) Zach, you want to go ahead and shoot out the last question here? So there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on right now with the economy. Now, one thing I do here is the rates are crazy low right now you've been doing it forever talk us through this talk us through it for right now well the way rates work uh, the 10-year treasury note is an index so when that index goes up and down interest rates go up and down this crazy 10-year treasury with the coronavirus and all this other stuff you was at around 1.7 it's usually around 2 1. it's at 1.2 right now the interest rates are historic lows i mean i'm blocking uh jumbo loans of like 3.25 on 30 year fixes i've never seen it and i've been doing mortgage for 30 plus years so i mean if you're going to buy a house or refinance a house i mean now is the time to do it when the 10 year the 10 year treasury notes so low because you're going to get the lowest rates and you can lock in those low rates for a long time. I know you mentioned this to me and Sarah and we just 
honestly, we just refinanced. I think we dropped almost a whole percentage point, maybe a percentage point and a half on our refi. So definitely now is the time if you're looking and the mortgage game is hot right now. So get out there and go ahead and refi. If they want to get in contact with you, what number do they need to reach out to? 916-915-2975. Now that's Michael Spivey with Safe Credit Union there. (laughs) (laughs) His bank's out in Folsom, but it doesn't matter where he is because he'll be able to help you out. Absolutely. Well, I think that's all we got for Ask Us Spivey. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. We had a fun time with our first live in-studio guest. We got a little editing to do because he likes to talk with his hands slash shadow yeah. box with the microphone. So, <laughs> yeah, Mike Tyson would be like, "Wow, that's some good form you have there, Mike Spivey." <laughs> what can you do? Also, go ahead and follow us at Spivey Special on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're just out there, and we're waiting for you guys to follow us. Yeah, um, check. We'll have a new episode posted here pretty soon, but you're already listening to it, so you know that it's there. We have a live show planned for next week. We have some other guests lined up. We're going to post those on our social medias, letting you know who we got coming into town. It's going to be hard to follow the old Mike Spivey, but we're going to do our best to try to find someone who can. All right. Is that all we got? Yeah. Zach, you're fat. Troy, you're fat. Hey, you're both fat. (laughs) Later.